Here's what we are going to do tonight. We're going to do something we've never done in a message here at the College Ministry, but I'm pretty excited. I hope it's going to be really good. You'll notice you have uh, these papers on your chairs. If you don't have one, just look for one that's laying around. There's some extra ones up here, Um, but that is of our scriptures tonight. Colin, you can go ahead and switch over to what we're doing. Um, That's of the scripture that we are going to be in tonight. Uh, We are continuing in the book of Philippians. And we are continuing where we left off from the um, just a few weeks ago. And I wanted to do something just a little bit different tonight for a few reasons. Uh, one, we have after hours tonight. After hours, if you don't know, is a, um, a thing that we do. Now it's twice a semester where we have a secondary teaching later tonight. And so what's going to happen is we have this time right here, worship and teaching, and then we have a time of community. We're going to be in the gym tonight for about an hour, and then starting at 930, we're going to be in here for a second teaching. It's optional. You don't have to be here, but tonight we are going to be going through three different ways to study the Bible. Three different ways to study the Bible. We're going to start with the simplest and go to the most complex Um, So if you're looking to grow in your ability to read the Bible, to understand it, to study it, I promise you there's something here for you tonight. And one of the things I wanted to do in the message right now is to show you what it looks like when all of those things sort of come together and and it comes to studying the Word of God, but not just studying it to just read it, but studying it to preach it. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to walk you through my workflow of when I look at a text, when I read it, when I study it, and how we get to the point of actually preaching a message. And so what that's going to look like for us is um, I'm going to have this on screen. You're going to see me writing, stuff like that, right? We're going to be connecting things together. We're going to go through verse by verse, sort of study some of it, and then we'll take a moment and apply it to our lives, just like I'm preaching, right? We'll find a point, let it sit, let it reflect, let it apply to our lives, and then keep on going. And there's a few reasons why I feel like this is going to be really good for us tonight. Um, One of them is it's going to teach us to to study the Bible more, and it's going to just change up the way that we do things. I love the fact that this is a contextualized ministry. Like, we are able to do things here tonight um, that you don't get to do on a Sunday morning. Like, Scripture is very clear about the things that the people of God do when they gather together. And one of those things is the preaching of God's Word, the dedication devotion to the apostles teaching I want to be devoted to that I want us to be under the apostles teaching but I don't have to preach it to you I can come alongside you in a very different way because this is not the corporate gathering of our entire church this is the college ministry and so we can get very specific so that's one reason I'm super excited the other reason is because typically when I preach to you guys I open up the word you open up the word you're looking at it but then you look up and you're looking at me and you're trusting that what I have to say about it, what I have to have read and studied about it is true. And in some ways, you're, you're putting some amount of trust in, in what I have read and what the Lord has, has spoken to me. Um, that's not the case right now. You're going to see it for yourselves. We're gonna, the, the main central point of tonight is just seeing the Word of God and seeing it connect. So I'm praying it's fruitful. I'm praying it's going to be great. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through our passage tonight together. Oh, and the papers are there for you. If you want to write on it yourself, if you want to do your own thing, draw your own connections, if you can't understand what I'm writing when I like write a little point because I have bad handwriting, maybe you can write it for yourself if you want. Um, so that's what those are there for you, all right? Let's read through this and let's pray and then let's get into it. So we're starting. This is Philippians chapter 3. We're picking up in verse 12 there. 
Paul is talking and he says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, my love, uh, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we get an opportunity to submit our lives to it. Lord, I, I acknowledge that this could be bulky tonight. I acknowledge that um, this depends a lot on our fervency to want to be in your word. I acknowledge that um, I am not perfect and I am not the greatest theologian that's ever existed. I acknowledge that I am flawed, Lord, but I acknowledge that you are perfect, that your Holy Spirit is in us and dwelling us. And Lord, you can open our eyes and enlighten us to the truths in your word despite whatever failures I bring to it. I ask, Father, that what you have to say tonight speaks loudly. What I have to say is diminished, Lord, and that we truly would walk away from this passage from the understanding of what the Apostle Paul meant for the people that he's writing here to, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go verse by verse, go over it together, and really try to draw as much meaning from the text as we possibly can. So it starts off, not that I have already obtained this. And I'm going to stop right there because the word this needs to be understood just a little bit more because we're sort of dropping into the middle of a passage, right? And one of the things that we want to understand is the context. And when I say context, we want to read before it, after it. We want to understand where it is in the book. We're going to get into a lot more of that tonight in our after hours of what context means. We've got lots of questions for that. But we want to understand the context. What does this mean? Well, if you remember from our message uh, just a few weeks ago when we were walking through this passage before it, we understand that it ends right there in verse 11. You can even see it on the screen. Verse 11, Paul is saying that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's how he's ending. By any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And he said, not that I've already obtained this. And so what we can see context-wise, like right away, is that this means the resurrection of the dead. Like these two things, they're connected. The resurrection of the dead connected to this. So that's what he's saying. Not by, not that I've already obtained the resurrection of the dead or I'm, I'm already perfect. And what we see is that he has really two things that he's saying that he's not, right? The first one is I haven't obtained and I am not already perfect. So, so Paul's mentioning these things. He's saying like, I'm not already in glory. I'm not glorified with Christ, full, complete, walking with him. Like, I'm not there, and I, I'm not even there, but I'm also, I'm, I'm not perfect. 
Those are the two things that he's listing for us. Well, we, we get that. We see that. Glad to know that, Paul. But he shows us what he is instead. You see it right there. He's got the word, but. One of the things that we're going to be doing tonight a lot is looking at these conjunctions, looking at the ways that he connects the flow of thought together. And he says, but meaning instead, right? Instead, so instead of having um, obtained the resurrection from the dead, instead of being perfect, this is what he's doing. So I think we can put ourselves in that place so far. We, we are not perfect. We have not obtained the resurrection from the dead, right? We are not walking with Christ in glory and with heaven. So we can put ourselves in this place and see that maybe we should do what Paul is saying he does. And what he says is that I press on. I press on to make it my own. One of the things we're going to see happen quite a bit. Now, I've studied this just a little bit before, right? So some of these things don't get discouraged. Like, I've read this already. I'm highlighting a few things for you. Um, one of the things we're going to see is press on right there. Happens again. Press on happens here. And we will be looking towards things that repeat, okay? But the first time we see him use press on, he says, I press on to make it my own. I make it my own right there. And then he says, because, once again, we have a reason, right? Because. Why? Why is he making it his own? Because Christ has made me his own. What we need to see there, guys, that this, like if I was writing my Bible, yes, I can read what I write. This is us. If you are a child of God, if you have given your life over to Christ, that Christ has made you his own. He has chosen you. And so when Paul is saying, like, Christ made me his own, we should resonate with that. We should know, hey, that's us as well. And so just as Paul has a reason for what he's doing, and that's because he's been made Christ, so too should we, right? Like, Christ has made us his own, therefore we should make it our own. And, and what is this it that we're talking about? This word right here, what does it mean to make it his own? It's back to the resurrection from the dead, right? We know that Paul is talking about the resurrection of the dead. So he's saying that I'm making the resurrection of the dead my own. I am grasping it. I am holding on to it, right? Um, it, that's like grasp is what I think of when I think of that word there, like grass, I'm holding on to the resurrection that I'm seeking to become that, I'm longing for it. And so like if I was preaching this, right, the first thing I would say is like based on that verse right there, we already have our first point for the night, guys. We already have the thing that we should already want to do in response to God's word. And that would be, and this is where the writing's going to get real interesting, I apologize. But I would be writing, make it my own. Make it my own. That's the response that we see. If Paul, who belongs to Christ, wants to make the resurrection of the dead his own, he wants to grasp onto glory with Christ, I should want that as well. We're going to follow Paul as he follows Christ. But he keeps on going, right? Like this whole thought is still there. And he says, brothers, now what we know about the, especially the ESV, you probably have a footnote if you have your Bible open, ESV, almost, almost every single time it says brothers, it actually means brothers and sisters. It's a group. 
And so we know that he's acknowledging everybody. Hannah, I'm looking at you. We've had this discussion a lot. So brothers and sisters, right? I do not consider that I have made it my own. So once again, he's got this made it my own right here. He's got make it my own here. So these are related, right? We see these two concepts together. He's talking about the same thing. We should just flow of thought. We should understand. He's still talking about the same thing. We're still talking about this idea of owning the resurrection of the dead to Christ. He says, but I don't consider that I've even done that yet. I want to make it my own, but I'm not even there. I'm not even complete in that, right? He says, I do not consider. But once again, we got another one of those conjunctions there. But one thing I do, one thing I do. So, but once again, instead of having been there and owned it, the one thing that I do And of course, he lists two things, typical Paul. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So he's like, I want to make it my own. I want want to belong with Christ and I want to allow that concept to be fully comprehended by me, but I'm not even there yet. So what I'm doing in the process is I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm looking forward to what's ahead. So for me, I'm like, make it my own. That's a great point. I'm going to be like, make it my own. And just like right there, by forgetting. Forgetting the past. And then, these are arrows, by the way, these little things right there. Look at that. By forgetting, and then it would be, you know, by, uh, I'd probably do by straining. Straining. And like this forgetting, where do we see it? And we see it right here. This forgetting. Right there, where do we see straining? Right here. That's where we're getting that. So let's talk about what we're leaving behind. What does Paul mean when he says that he's leaving something behind? What are the things that we leave behind when we seek glory with Christ and we want to be with him, when we are in communion with him? Well, some of the things that we uh, should forget that lie behind us are sin the sin of our former life. Um, we see Peter talk about it a lot, the passions of our former life. What about the, the dreams that we used to have? The desires that we used to have? The ways in which we lived and maybe even our relationships of the former past? Like I don't know where you're at in your life. But there was a time in which you didn't know Christ and then you did. There was a time in which you walked from darkness into light. And there's times that sometimes you visit the darkness again, right? There's times that you open that door. There's times that you let sin in your life. And those are the things that are the former self. Those are the things that Paul is saying, let's forget. Let's forget them. And let's look forward to what we have ahead. So I'm going to run out of room if I don't erase some of this every so often. So. That's why you guys have your own papers too, right? So let's talk about what lies ahead now. What does lie ahead of us? If we know what we're putting behind us, what lies ahead right there? Well, we know that heaven lies ahead. We know that hope is ahead. Peace. Sinlessness. Perfection, 
glory. You guys create your own list. What are the things that you know lie ahead that awaits for us in paradise, that awaits for us in heaven, that awaits for us in the new heavens and the new earth? What are the things that Christ has promised us? So what Paul is saying is like, make it your own. Make it my own. And I'm going to make it my own by forgetting the former self and focusing on what the new self has, what lies ahead of me. I'm going to own it that way. And he goes on, continues in this flow of thought. How do I know that he's continuing in this flow of thought? Well, because we see press on here and up here, press on. These two are connected, right? You're going to see a lot of lines here. Those of you that are like OCD about the cleanliness, it's just going to get worse, okay? I promise you by the time we get to it, it's going to be everywhere. The whole idea is not that we go back and look on it afterwards. The whole idea is that we process it in the moment, right? So we're processing it right now. So I still see some of you cringing. You're just going to have to walk with me, okay? So press on and press on. That's how we know he's still in the same flow of thought. And he says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this wording is a little confusing sometimes. I was looking at it. I was like, well, what exactly does that mean? We'll learn this more tonight in our after hours, but one of the things you can do, check another trusted translation. Check another trusted translation. See what it has to say. See what, how they word it. So I checked the CSB, trusted translation, Christian Standard Bible. Checked that, read through that, opened up the Greek. Like These are things you can do and read and These are the things that you would do extra, right? Dive even deeper into. But one of the things we see is when it says the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, like I think the way it words it almost sounds like the prize is the upward call, right? That's sort of of how it sounds in this version of it. That's not actually what it's saying. What it's saying is the prize and then it's the descriptor, right? The prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Imagine like this. It's like... um, I won the prize of the Super Bowl, okay? What that means is the Super Bowl is not the prize. It's the prize that comes from the Super Bowl, right? It's, it's the prize of the Super Bowl, the, the descriptor of where it comes from. That's the same idea, like toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So it's the prize that comes from the upward call, right? It's the prize that's given and shown to us by Christ. And what is that prize? Well, he's talking about prize here. He's still talking about why he's pressing on. And so what we know is that this prize and the word it, right, they're connected. And the word it and the resurrection and dead are connected. All what he's saying is he's wrapping it up and saying, I press on for the prize, which is the resurrection of the dead, the glory with Christ, what I can have with him. I press on, I make it my own, forgetting what lies ahead and looking towards what lies, or forgetting what lies behind, looking towards what lies ahead so that I can own the prize of knowing and being with Jesus in glory. So that's what we see there. And like me, when I'm like thinking through stuff, I'm like, that's a pretty good point. Um, I see that, like, I'm like, all right, I've covered like verses, verses 12, to, 12 to 14, like those things covered right and so I like sometimes I'll do that to make sure especially when I'm preaching I'll do that to make sure that I'm preaching to you guys every single verse I don't want to leave a verse of the word of God out and make it my own words right I want to make sure that we get everything that the Lord has for us so we see verses 12 to 14 there but let's keep on going because we have more than that 
He continues on and says, let those. Now, my favorite thing about the word let in the uh, ESV is that it makes it sound so gentle, right? Like, let those. Like, it's almost, it sounds very passive, but that's not what it actually means. When it says let those, it's saying do it, right? Let those means, like, if I, if I was writing it, do it, okay? That I am to follow that. It's just, it's just a way of translating the, the Greek word um, to be as, as accurate as possible. But it, we shouldn't let ourselves get away from what it's saying. Right? We, we shouldn't let ourselves get under and away because we think something sounds a little gentle. It still means that we need to follow that. Let it happen. So what he's saying, let those of us who are mature think this way. So those who are mature, I want to stop right there. Mature and they think this way. The reason I want to stop there is because I'm like, who doesn't want to be mature? How many people would raise their hand and be like, I would love to be a sniveling baby that drinks milk the rest of my life. And I would love to be seen as an immature Christian who everyone looks at and goes, what a baby. Who Christ looks at and be like, what a baby. Wasted potential, right? Who, who wants to be that? No one. Like none of you would love to come sit in my office this week and me be like, you are so immature. Like, you really need to grow up. Like, none of you would be like, this is amazing. I love, can you believe he called me immature? No. We all want it. And so I'm like, when he says the mature think this way, I'm like, I want to think this way. This, this should be me, right? Like green, if I'm using green for application, I'm like big circles. I'm thinking that way, okay? That's what I want. So whatever he's about to say, I need to get on board with that. Hop on the train, Okay. Let those who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Okay, wait, so he's not talking about, he's not about to give something, because at first it sounds like if I stop right there, let him think this way, I'm like, oh, what are you about to say, Paul? But now I realize that what he's saying is he's recapping what he's already said, right? And so he's saying, let those who are mature think this way, which way? The way of making it your own. The way of looking towards what lies ahead and putting behind what lies behind, right? He's saying the mature think the way that he is of making it his own. And then if that's not enough, then you get into the second part here and he says, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Guys, do you realize how there's really not an option there? He's like, let the mature think this way. Oh, also, if you don't think this way, God will make it happen. There's no option B. If you walk with Christ, if you truly, sincerely follow after him, this is the root of maturity of your life. This is a passion that will happen. Because what he's saying is that if you're not mature yet, if you're not mature yet, you will be. If you're following Christ. And, and what we call this right here, I use blue for this all the time sanctification okay guys that's what sanctification looks like god will reveal that to you god will reveal to you the immaturity in your life he will bring it forward to you so that you will not be immature that's that's sanctification so for me like i stop and i'm just like thank god like pray right lord thank you that I worry about being mature 
And yet it's your desire that I'm not going to be. And so I, I pray, Father, that, that I wouldn't be immature, but that I would be mature, that I would think the way that Paul is telling us to think. Lord, make that true. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let me get on track here. If anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. And what I'm thinking is like, we've already hit another point, right? Like the points, they don't have to be complicated. Like when I say points, I mean like these are literally the things that I'm writing in my Bible or like in a journal that like if I revisit it later that day, I'm like, oh yeah, these are the things I learned from God's word today, right? The first thing was that uh, I learned to make the resurrection of the dead my own. The second one is uh, I learned to desire maturity, be mature. That's what I learned. I should desire maturity. That should be a thing that as a Christian I want to do. So we can be mature by, and I'm just going to write sanctify, but by sanctification, right? That's one thing I learned. Be mature by sanctification. Like, let this whole sanctification thing, let that play out in my maturity. Lord, help me to be mature by sanctifying me. But he doesn't just stop there. He continues on, right? You always want to read the next sentence. You want to just wrap up too quickly. So the next sentence, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let us, once again, let us, and he's got um, us up in here, those of us, right? He's still connecting about the things that we should be. Let us hold true to what we have. What does that even mean? I had to think about that like, this comes out of nowhere. Once again, what did I do? Checked another translation that I trusted. Just see if they word it in a different way, right? Um, if you want a list of trusted translations, come talk to me afterwards or stay for after hours. We can talk about it there. But that didn't help too much. I right? did some deeper study, but what I came to understand as I'm looking at this, all right, he's talking about maturity. He's talking about thinking this way. And then look at this word. Here's the, here's the kicker. What word is that? Attained. Where have we seen attained already? We've seen attain up here and obtained, which is the same right there, and attained right here. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about obtaining the resurrection of the dead. He's talking once again right here about obtaining the resurrection of the dead. And right here, He's talking about holding true to what we've already obtained, attained. What he's saying is, don't backslide. Like, we're all striving to make the resurrection of the dead our own, right? We're all striving to work out our, salva our salvation with fear and trembling. We're all striving to put what lies behind and seek for what looks to be ahead. And what he's saying is, let us hold true to the things that we've already accomplished. Like, don't backslide to the point of understanding that you have about that to the point in which you have owned it continue to own it continue to be that and so like I'm going to be mature not only by sanctification but by not backsliding so what I'm going to do is I'm going to think through Lord what are the ways in which I've done that what are the ways in which I have backslid what are the ways in my sanctification that I've let sin right back into the door? All right, I'm gonna speed this up a little bit because we only have like 10 more minutes and I wanna make sure we get through this. So 
I didn't realize how slow I was going. I apologize. Only let us hold fast, uh, hold true to what we have attained. And then, brothers, we've been here before, right? Brothers and sisters, Hannah, looking at you. Okay, good. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep our eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So he's giving more things for us to do. Um, this brother's here. We see that word elsewhere, right here. Brothers, right? These two are connected. Brothers, so giving us more to do, more addressing. Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk. So there's two things here, right? Join in imitating me. It's the first thing we see. And I'm going to put the two there. Keep your eyes on those who walk. Imitation and walking. So I could put this under still the be mature. Right? If I wanted to, I'd be like be mature by sanctification, like allow the Lord to sanctify me. Be mature by not backsliding. It could be be mature by uh, imitating. I'm all right, imitate. I'm just trying to hurry in here and I'm getting even worse. And uh, watching. Let's look at those words for a minute, okay? Imitation. Join in imitating me. Who is me? It's Paul. Who's Paul? He's an apostle. He's saying, imitate me. Imitate the man of God that's been placed over you to pour into you for your encouragement, your sanctification, your edification. Imitate me. And not just that, but keep your eyes on who? Those who walk according to the example you have. There's that again, in us. So Paul's saying, like, want to be mature? Follow after me, essentially your pastor, your church planner, your apostle, follow after me, but also keep your eyes on those who are walking according to the example that I'm setting. What does that mean? It means we're not only looking at the people who are shepherding us, but we're looking at the people alongside us who are following after that example as well. Like tied right in there. We not only have the example before us, we have the people around us that should be encouraging us and we should be following after them as well, all right? So be mature by sanctification, by not backsliding, by imitating, by watching. And then once again, we have another conjunction. For many of whom I have often told you, not tell you with tears, walk as enemies. Walk as enemies of the cross. So he's talking about people, it's like a contrast, right? Like anytime we see for, he's setting up some reason. So for means, um, so I want you doing all this previous stuff because of what I'm about to say, right? Because of what I'm about to say. So follow after those that are walking according, imitate after me because many of whom, I've told you before and I say with tears, like it breaks my heart, many of whom now walk as enemies, the cross of Christ. Now, notice the implication here. He's implying that there are people who walk as enemies of Christ that they wanted to follow, that they wanted to look at. Meaning either they used to walk the walk, right? They used to follow after Paul and now they don't, or the way that they walk is deceptive. The way that they walk is something he, he he's like, it's sly enough that he wants to remind them of it. Right? It's, they're sly enough in being evil 
that Paul needs to warn the Philippians again of it. It must be sly enough, otherwise Paul wouldn't feel the need to mention it, right? If it was outright blatant heresy, maybe the urgency for Paul to be like, hey, don't follow them, man. Like, don't, don't. We're walking as enemies. But for some reason, he feels the need to say that. So here's what I'm looking at, right? This whole section, like point three, I'm just going to say, be careful. Be careful. And I'm going to be careful for a few reasons. I'm going to be careful that I'm not following after someone I shouldn't follow after. But I'm also going to be careful that I'm not walking as an enemy of Christ. Because one of the things he's implying is that it's subtle and it can happen. And look at all the things that he says about them, right? Like, let's just go through, like, this, this, this spot. This enemy of Christ, it says their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with their mindset on earthly things. Look at all the connections he's making about someone that doesn't actually walk with Christ, right? That word destruction, well, that's pretty much the opposite of the resurrection from the dead. Right? Whereas there are people that are coming to life, there's other people that are going to be destroyed. Their God being their belly, right? That's, that's focusing on what they desire, what they want, what they feel. That's pretty much the opposite of making sure that you forget, right? That you forget what you're not supposed to want. You forget the sin. Like it's, it's the opposite. They glory in their shame, same thing. Instead of forgetting it, they're living it. They're wanting it. They're desiring it. And mindset on earthly things, that's the opposite of, of straining forward. Here, let me use a different color. Earthly things, it's the opposite of straining forward. They're not focusing on the right things. So I'm like, be careful that I don't become that. Be careful that I don't let my feelings decide what I want. Be careful that I don't let my feelings and my gut dictate what I find pleasure in. Be careful that I don't revel in my own shame by being living in my past and my former passions. Make sure that I am straining forward. And the last but not least, and this where we'll wrap it up. Hopefully you guys can see what we've been doing here. But, once again, another conjunction. But our citizenship is in heaven. There's that resurrection of the dead again. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior who will transform us to be like his, uh, to be our lowly body, to be like his glorious body. Like, that's amazing stuff. And so if I, if I had room here, I would write as my fourth point, be, be reminded. Like, be reminded. Not only should I be careful to not backslide in those things, but I should be reminded of where I'm heading. And does this not just play out, look towards the things to come? I mean, this is literally the things that are to come. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's to come. We are awaiting. That's waiting for something to come. He's going to transform our lowly bodies. Remember him talking about the people walking as enemies of Christ, following their guts, right? And and reveling in their destruction and, and shame. He's saying, actually, like, be reminded, like, that lowly body, it's going to be glorified. It's going to be transformed. And here's how I want to end it right here. By the power that enables him even to subject all things. Guys, 
This relates right back to sanctification, right? How is he going to transform us? Well, the same power that is transforming our lives is the same power that's going to transform our bodies. The same power in which God sanctifies us, matures us, grows us, is the same power that God is going to use to literally resurrect our bodies into glory with Christ. And if I were to like title this message, if I was going through this with you guys and titling it, I would look at this last line here. Therefore, what anytime oh, I should use a highlighter, huh? Therefore, anytime you see therefore, you should ask. Anybody know? Anytime you see therefore, you should ask, what's it there for? Right? Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joint crown, stand firm. Stand firm. Bless the Lord. The way he chooses to wrap up his flow of thought, this press on language, this move forward language, he wraps it up with this concept, stand firm. If I was titling this message to you tonight, it'd be stand firm. And how do you stand firm? You make it your own, you be mature, you be careful, and you be reminded of the things that the Lord has for you, right? So I know that was different. We're not going to do this every time. A lot of times, just going to preach the word with you. But hopefully that opens your eyes up to the ways that you can study. I know it looks like a hot mess right now. Um, but how much more do you understand because you were just processing as you're going through it? Now, don't be discouraged, okay? Don't be discouraged. I did some other study aside, right? Like I was prepared with some of this. Also, this is like years in, in me understanding how to study the Bible. What we're gonna walk you through tonight in after hours is three different levels of Bible study. One that's super simple, one that's intermediate, one that's more advanced. And, and like I would say this right here falls on like step four, like in the advanced section heading towards preaching. Like how do you go from... Bible study to preaching, but this is in that section. And I, I promise you, you can get to these things in any of those forms of Bible study that we're teaching tonight, all right? So I want to encourage you that. Don't be discouraged. This is hopefully as a teaser for you to want to learn more like this. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, um, I'm going to just save this as a picture. So I guess if you want, I can post this somewhere if you really want to look at it later and just sort of go over that. Um, I, I'll post that to like the group me or something. I don't know, I'll figure it out. I know some of you are taking pictures of it. So um, we'll do that. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I pray that you have spoken in it, um, that what we see is true and authentic. Lord, that um, it has been sanctifying to us. I thank you that we are encouraged to stand firm. Lord, and I thank you that we have ways that we can make that happen. Um, and I ask, Father, just for your grace, your grace in having tried something new. Lord, your word is powerful. It can do a lot. And one of the things it can do is awaken the soul, enliven us to want to follow after you. I pray that that's what's happened here and that even as we walk away, Lord, it would continue to do it throughout the week. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.